Hi, you're in Gray's world. Welcome back. Thank you for everyone who listened to the preview episode. Like, honestly, my goal was to have 10 people listen and more than 10 people listened. So I'm happy about that. And also, it doesn't even matter, guys. Doesn't even matter. I'm having a good time either way. Um, But thank you so much. And anyone who sent me a nice message saying that they listen and that they liked it, like, that made me very happy. So thank you. I appreciate it. I love you. Love my fans. Thank you for listening. I just made my coffee so you know I'm in a good mood. And also, I do have the day off. I know that some people are going to be like, ugh, you bitch. (laughs) Because nobody wanted to go to work today. Guess what? Me neither. And guess what? I don't have to. My coffee is good. Um, I'm trying out a new almond milk. Um, I typically like Nut Pods creamer. Shout out to Nut Pods if you have not had it. It's the best non-dairy creamer because it's just super creamy but not too coconutty. And right now I'm drinking the Khalifa Farms like half almond milk, half toasted coconut milk. And I don't know. It's just a little too coconutty. Honestly, like I'm not trying to have a coconut coffee, okay? Um, Sometimes I am but just not right now. Um, Wow, we have – some catching up to do, don't we? It's time to catch up. It was just New Year's Eve, long weekend. That's what I'm going to call it because New Year's Eve was on a Thursday, right? God, days are just blurring together, just running right together. They never stop running together. Um, I did have to work on New Year's Eve. um, And then also me and Josh didn't even spend the night together on on New Year's Eve. It wasn't even anything. I just was home alone. Um, I watched a lot of music videos. I might get into more of that later. Um, and also we did a lot of good cooking. We, we made pizza. Um, we had the baker at pops make us at work, make us some pizza dough. Actually, I was just going to make it myself, but he was so nice and like sneakily made this. I was like shocked when people just do nice things. I'm like, the world is good. Okay. I got secret pizza dough made for me. And like nothing is better than that. Um, Because truly, he used to be the pizza maker at Aziz's on Main, which is how my boyfriend met him. And so he is well-versed in pizza dough. And oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. And okay, he made us eight pizza doughs. And for some reason, me and Josh were like, yeah, I mean, we'll just make eight pizzas. Like it didn't even cross our mind that that is way too many pizzas like we we made okay let's just let me walk you through it we made two pizzas we started one cheese one pepperoni started real simple we each ate one piece and then we were like yeah we are full like we we can't make eight pizzas so hopefully we'll make some more today um today is monday um, what else did we make? I, I'm going to get into what I baked, um, a little later because that's going to be a new segment called what am I baking? I made a lot of good baking stuff. Um, last night I made the most random dinner of my life. I'm like, I don't even know how I got there. It's that little like tiny pasta, like ditalini with chickpeas and like a cream tomato sauce and like fennel and spinach. Like it was just so random. It was one of those true pantry pastas where I'm just like, sure, I have this. Sure, I have this. Um, But you know, it's like I wanted Josh to cook. I wanted Josh to make a soup. But as you'll learn, it's like there's this fine line between like having a chef as a boyfriend is like 
yeah, if he wants to cook, everything's great. If he doesn't feel like cooking, I'm not going to force him to cook. But then I get into this mood where I'm like, oh, what am I going to fucking make? So anyway, that's how it became tiny pasta with chickpea and fennel and cream sauce. <laughs> but it was pretty good. I swear we made something else. Oh my God, we made tacos and they were really good. So during quarantine, one of the things I've taken away from quarantine, there's only a few that are positive. One of them is flour tortillas. Me and Josh learned how to make flour tortillas early on in quarantine. I will never look back. Like I like them so much. I refuse to buy them from the store now because like I don't know what – guys, I hate to break it to you, but like I don't know what they're selling at the store and calling it a tortilla because it tastes like literally nothing and no taste. Um, Just do yourself a favor. It's so – it's so easy. It's literally the easiest thing. I, I believe that anyone can do it. Like even people who don't think they can cook, like I think you can do this. And I like this so much that sometimes if it's just me for dinner, I will scale back the recipe to make five flour tortillas just to have because I like them that much. Anyway, we had al pastor with potato and cheese because when we were in Mexico, we asked the guy that was kind of like helping us out. We were like, where do you go to get tacos? Like, don't, I don't want to know where the tourists go. Like, where do you go? And he's like, well, I go to this place in town. So we go and we're like, well, step further, what do you order there? And he goes, al pastor con queso. And we're like, oh, I'm sorry. You're adding cheese to your pork and pineapple? Uh, okay. All right. So we did it. And it was our favorite taco that we ate in Mexico. Um, so we really brought that back. We did with us to when we came home. And we we did like al pastor with cheese everything. Um, hadn't done it in a while. And we added potatoes into the mix. Ooh. Oh my God. And guys, Josh makes the best salsa. Mm, we really had a good food weekend. We really did. Oh, so good. What else? Oh God, guys. We also, we had a string of some, some of the weirdest movies, just the collection of movies that me and Josh watched this weekend. Quite strange. Now, this all starts at work on New Year's Eve. Yes, I did work, but it's okay because I played Madonna all day to force myself into a good mood, which worked because that always works. Music definitely puts me in the best mood. Um, And I put on Beautiful Stranger. I don't know if any of you know it, but if you are familiar, then you, you'll probably also know the little fact that it was in Austin Powers 2, which I'm pretty sure is the spy who shagged me. And then all of a sudden we just start talking about Mike Myers. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, we're going to watch Mike. We're going to marathon Mike Myers movies this weekend, um, starting with Austin Powers. So, yep, we started with um, 97, uh, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Um, It was fine. Like I didn't – I used to watch these growing up and like I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I did. But like still fun to watch and fun to like revisit. Then we go straight into Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I will say this is the funniest one. I laughed out loud a lot. This is the one I remember the most. Uh, Just (laughs) Mini-Me. I'm so sorry that I love Mini-Me, but I fucking love Mini-Me. And then I got into this whole Vern Troyer hole. And I – guys, he has a sex tape. I'm just going to – I can't stop myself from saying that. Vern Troyer has a sex tape. I can't find it. TMZ had a clip of it, but it was so bad that I just didn't want to see more. Um, but also I do this thing where if I'm watching any movie, I spend half of it looking up facts about it because I love 
facts. And anyway, there is a point to this. Don't even think I don't have a point to this. This is kind of like the whole episode right now. We're watching <laughs> the credits because me – okay, me and Josh read the credits of films. I don't want to get into it. I thought it was really stupid at first when I first started dating him. I literally made fun of him. I was like, you're reading the credits. And now if you do not let me read the credits, I'm not talking to you. I'm like, this is this is all the information. I want to see the songs. I want to see everything. Um so in the credits of Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me, there is an extended clip of um, Seth Green, who plays uh, Dr. Evil's son, um, finding out the paternity of his mom on the Jerry Springer show. And thus begun my Jerry Springer Wikipedia search. I'm not going to get into that yet because that is our main segment of the day. It's Wikipedia of the week and it's Jerry Springer. You think you know anything about Jerry Springer? Oh, you think you do? Guess what? You don't, okay? You might know one thing, but there's like 45 things to know about him, okay? I'm very defensive about it now because I feel like I'm one of the only people that knows about this. <laughs> he's, got, he's got some shit going on, okay? And we're going to lay it all out. But that's coming up, okay? I'm just I'm just telling you my weekend, how my thoughts divulged. Uh, okay, put yourself back into the mindset of someone who's just watched the first two Austin Powers movies back-to-back in one sitting. Now, you would naturally think that we would go into Austin Powers 3, gold member with Beyonce, classic. Uh, but you're wrong because what we did was watch the intro only because do you know – do you know who is in the intro of Austin Power 3? Um, Britney fucking Spears, baby. And you know that I do anything for her. So I had to watch her be a fembot and shoot um, guns out of her tits. Uh, but also Tom Cruise was in it. Old Tommy boy. Old Scientologist Tom. Whatever you referred to him as. Um, and so we see Tom Cruise and we kind of have exited the screen of gold member because we're done with it. We're not in the mood to watch a third Austin Powers movie. Sorry. Sorry to all the fans of gold member. Um, but what we do go straight into is eyes wide shut. Now keep you, keep in mind, this is, we've already watched two movies this night. Um, and so it's pretty late and this movie's pushing three hours, but we're like, Okay, like what else are we doing? Um, trying to feel alive on a Saturday night. Let's watch Eyes Wide Shut at midnight. Um, it wasn't that late. I could never stay up that late. Um, so yeah, we are fully, fully discussing Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, the making of that movie. I read a very disturbing Vanity Fair article that we are going to heavily discuss Um we're going to discuss it in terms of like the marriage of Tom and Nicole. I mean, it's not going to be that in depth, but like we're going to be discussing that movie because my God, there's so much to be said. Okay. So then we go to bed and I'm sure I have weird eyes wide shut dreams, but like I have not been sleeping well at all. I've had insomnia since I was like born, haven't been sleeping well, don't remember my dreams. It's so upsetting when I don't remember my dreams. Why did I have them if I can't remember them? What was the fucking point? Okay, I want to remember my dreams and I want to tell them to my boyfriend. I don't care if he likes it or not. That's what I want to do. Anyway, I'm, I don't even know if I had eyes wide shut dreams. Then the next day we watch, we go back to Mike Myers 
And we watched The White Married an Axe Murder, which is actually a great, great movie. If you have not seen it, it's really fun. I mean, it's a 90s rom-com, so like keep that in mind. There is a little sense of murder in there, which I love when people throw in just a little touch of murder. Oh, you think this is a little nice movie? Guess what? A little murder. Um, wait, what did we watch after that? I swear we watched some oh, oh guys. We watched Killer Joe. Have you seen this? I don't think this is a widely known movie. I didn't even realize this. Guys, I saw this in theaters with Monta at the West Hampton Theater that used to exist. It doesn't anymore. I now I think it's like where Beijing on Grove is. Um, so it's in that area of town. I made my mom come to this movie with me. I think I was 19 years old when this came out. Um, it's rated NC-17. I don't think I knew that going in. One of the first scenes is um, Gina Gershon kicking open the tra- kicking open a trailer door and you just see her full bush. Um, so that's the vibe of the movie that I saw with my mom. Um, and re-watching it as a 28-year-old, I'm shocked I saw that with my mom. I- I'm shocked. But Please call in. Please, I'm begging you. If you have seen Killer Joe, I'm not even going to discuss it on here. I want you to call in and tell me what you thought of it. If you like it, I want to know your thoughts. Because Killer Joe, baby, that's a lot. Wait, we watched one more after Killer Joe. Also, Killer Joe has, listen to the, it's Gina Gershon. It's Emile Hirsch. It's Juno Temple. It's Matthew McConaughey. It's Thomas Hayden Church. That's a good crew, okay? That's a good little ensemble. And it's based off of a play but written by Tracy Letts. I don't know if I'm going too off off the wall. I think I'm going to rein myself back in. I'm getting too unrelatable. Um, and then what did we watch after that? Oh, uh, we watched Fear Factor. We watched so much Fear Factor. Because after a while, you can't watch – you can only watch so many movies before your brain is like, I need to watch Fear Factor. Jo- um, Josh says that he needs to yell at the TV. So we need to put on we need to put on Fear Factor. Who are we yelling at? We're yelling at everybody. We're yelling at Joe. We're yelling at the cameramen we can't see. We're yelling at every contestant. Most of every contestant. Anyway, that's basically all I did. I didn't leave. I did not leave my apartment all weekend long. I'm not kidding. I mean, I went up to my mom's apartment. She lives in my building, but like, that's it. So that truly is the catch up. I ate tacos. I watched a lot of Austin Power. I discovered Jerry Springer's Wikipedia page. All right, let's get into the episode. Wikipedia, it's all that. All right, Wikipedia of the week, which will be a recurring segment for sure. I'm obsessed with Wikipedia. Um, I'm open to suggestions, but also I like them to come to me naturally in life. Um, How did I come across Jerry Springer, which is our subject today? Like I mentioned before... It was from Austin Powers 2. Not only from Austin Powers 2, but the credits of Austin Powers 2. Yes, me and Josh watched the credits of movies and read them. I, look, I fucking hated the idea of that too. When we first started dating and and he wouldn't turn off the movie after it was over, he was like, no, I was reading that. And I'm like, reading what? He's like, the credits. And I was like, okay. And now it's like, don't take my credits away from me. 
I want to get to the songs. The songs are always last. Anyway, if you watch the credits of Austin Powers 2, colon, The Spy Who Shagged Me, there is obviously bonus features, which features Scott, (laughs) which is Dr. Evil's son, played by Seth Green, getting a maternity test on Jerry Springer. Um, and it's, you know, he finds out his mom, whatever. And I was just like, Jerry Springer, I'm going to look this bitch up. Oh, and I found out things I never thought I would ever find out about Jerry Springer. Starting with, he was born in London. Did anyone know that he wasn't born in America? That is shocking to me. Not only was he born in London, he was straight born in like the underground metro during World War II because it was being used as a bomb shelter. Like, shit. Not, I mean, like, there's even more. His early life is crazy. He had, like, all of his grandmothers die in the Holocaust. Um, More than just his, just his grandmothers die in the Holocaust. Like, a lot of his family, that's terrible. And then he, um, his parents... Um, were Jewish re- Jewish refugees who escaped Prussia, and they all came to Queens. Um, his family came to Queens when he was six. That is crazy. I mean, whew, that's the start of his life. I mean, wow. Um, I do a little more digging, and I had no idea he was involved in politics at all. Like, at all. But I can't help but see that underneath his picture on his Wikipedia, it just says 56th mayor of Cincinnati. And I'm like, all right, all right, you're really bringing it with your with your Wikipedia, Jerry. So I look a little more. Not only does he have a law degree um, and was a lawyer, he then moved into his political career, tried to run for Congress, couldn't really get it. Um, then he kind of just hung back on the city council. And then in 1974, he admitted to soliciting a sex worker. So he had to resign from city council. Guess what? 1975, they, they just hired him back. Everyone, everyone thought he was the best. Um, and they liked that he admitted to it. They thought it was very like nice of him, (laughs) I guess. So then in 77, that's when he popped on became the mayor for a year and like back then i don't know there's some stipulation of like everyone was mayor for one year i'm not really going to get into it um this is not that kind of podcast i'm not going to explain rules to you um but anyway god 56th mayor of cincinnati also i'm like uh i'm not trying to like make myself sound dumb but cincinnati ohio chicago illinois all four of those sound like cities to me um, but we're not going to dwell on that. <laughs> Please don't bring it up. Um, also, um, to skip around a little bit, I saw that he was on Dancing with the Stars, which I guess you could like roll your eyes at and be like, literally everyone's been on there. But he was on the third season of Dancing with the Stars. So he was like an OG person on Dancing with the Stars. And he literally, you know why people are on that show. They're on that show to like literally try to resurface and be famous. No, not him. Of course not. He didn't need to resurface. He was on the show to literally learn to dance for his daughter's wedding. Like he's a good man. Guys, I think I think we all love Jerry Springer. 
everyone shits on him his whole life because he's like the host of Jerry Springer. But he's like the opposite of his show. It's quite shocking. I This is quite the discovery for me. Um, I have one more fact and then I am going to get into – I'm going to get into the fact that I have a personal tie-in a little bit with this show. Um, the next fact I'm going to share is probably my favorite fact. Um, when, when I discover things like this, I feel blessed. Um, I'm like, how – how did I not know about this? Like, this is not on Spotify. This is, this was kind of hard to discover. It's, I mean, I found it on YouTube. Guess who has a country album? Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Our boy Jerry Springer has an album called Dr. Talk. <laughs> and it's a bunch of covers, uh, including some Bob Dylan, um, I'll play a little clip here. Um, I, I can't play it off of Spotify because it's literally not on Spotify. But this is Cold Cold Heart because this is a cover. I mean, guys. Look, I'm not saying it's the worst thing I've ever heard. There's a time and a place, I'm sure. But why did this need to happen? This was like going on while he like had a radio show and had the Jerry Springer show. And then he just like needed to put out a country covers album. Boy, slow down. And got a divorce from his wife in the night. Like in the 90s, Jerry Springer was the busiest man of the 90s and no one's talking about it. I'm just saying. Okay, quickly. I am going to discuss that my uncle, Monta's brother, was very, very close to being on the Jerry Springer show. Um, so my uncle, I mean, as long as I remember growing up, he was an amateur wrestler. And I mean, amongst other things, like at one point he had a restaurant, he was like a longtime server, he like had all these odd jobs, but he was kind of always an amateur wrestler and his wrestling name was Humphrey Jute. Humphrey DuPont J the third so I mean naturally he was going to be on Jerry Springer um but I asked Monta and she thinks it was like due to like they were going to um film it during like when their dad's funeral was so they could not he couldn't make it but I if I find out any more detail like he had a script and he was gonna like obviously he was like playing some kind of character um but anyway, my uncle was fully going to be on the Jerry Springer show. And guys, I was more of a Maury girl for sure. I was very into Maury. I think like I'm a little – I was like a little young for the Jerry Springer show. I was more into Maury. Um, but wow, boys did I learn a lot about him. Also, his personal life section is record short. Like this is one of the shortest – there's nothing even to mention. It was like he was married and divorced and had one child. He likes the Yankees. And I'm like, wow. Whew. 
you would think the host of the Jerry Springer show would have a little more juice in that personal life section. But, you know, I, I, I think he's a good dad and I respect that. And I don't know, guys, maybe look up Dr. Talk. It might be your shit. Uh, it might be your thing. Um, but anyway, that's a little bit about my boy, JJ Spring. Hope you enjoyed. Ring, ring. Somebody just left me a voice message. Hi, Grace World. Longtime listener, first time caller. Um, I'm a huge fan of the show. And I am just calling in to see if you have any stories that you could share with your listeners about Tootsie, RIP Tootsie. Um, it's been a long time since I have heard about him. So I just wanted to know what your favorite Tootsie memory was. Um, any any stories that you'd like to to share with us? Thanks. Bye. Oh my God, my first voice message from the one and only Emma. Wow. Iconic. Um, Emma is my friend I've known since high school. She was my very first roommate. She's one of like the handful of people in my life that I genuinely love. Like Emma's very important to me. I'm just, I just need to lay down that like Emma is important. Okay. <laughs> Before I start talking about Tootsie. Um, but yes, Tootsie. Oh my God. I would love to talk about Tootsie. You know, I would. Um, funny, funny that you just asked me for a Tootsie story because this weekend when I was baking in my kitchen, I had this plastic, um, planter I was throwing away, but it didn't fit my trash can. So it was sitting in the corner and like 10 times I kept looking in that corner because I was like, Tootsie, because it was just the size and shape of Tootsie. And I was just like, Tootsie, is he, okay, he's dead. Um, but anyway, guys, Tootsie is my dead dog. Um, uh, iconic model boy, beautiful, funny, a human-like, very human-like, like he had a personality for sure. Um, Tootsie was a cockapoo, but kind of like uh, more beautiful, like less curly hair, kind of more wavy, long hair. He was black fur with a white chest, a white goatee, so cute, white paws, and a white little tip on his tail. I I'm describing the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, we were best friends. He's my ride or die. Got some good Tootsie stories. Basically, growing up, like just to paint a picture. We were we lived in such a deep suburb of Mechanicsville that we would open the front door to our house and be like, "Bye, Tootsie, go on out. Uh, I guess we'll see you back later." Uh, that's how that's how deep Mechanicsville I lived growing up. Um, and then one day, the school bus had to literally stop in the middle of the road because Tootsie was laying there sunbathing. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not moving for a school bus." And I feel like that's when I really was like, "I love this dog's vibe." He's fucking chill. I love it. Um, also, recalling his white fur on his chest, I would color that in with different Sharpie colors. Um, kind of kind of a premonition of me tie-dyeing, dare I say. I would come up with different patterns to color on him. Um, also, I would like legit go to Build-A-Bear when I was in middle school or high school. Not high school. My God, not high school, guys. I'm not like that big of a loser. Elementary school. <laughs> Y'all are all going to think I went to Build-A-Bear in high school. Guys, I didn't, okay? I didn't do it. Um. Anyway, I would go uh, like 
and make a build a bear and then come home, take the clothes off the doll and put them on Tootsie and Tootsie would be like, cool. Like he was so chill. He was so funny. His favorite treats were ice cream cones from McDonald's or ketchup. Uh, Those were his favorite things. By the end there, he barely had any teeth. Um, But that was just part of his charm. Oh, also, you know who he really looked alike? looked like I'm going to do a side by side for the Instagram for this. He re- I know that all of you if you're listening to this podcast you've seen Hocus Pocus. I can guarantee that. Um basically Billy, the guy that they dig up from the grave and they have to like rip open his mouth, that's what Tootsie's hair looked like. That is exactly what Tootsie's hair looked like. So every time I watch Hocus Pocus I do think of Tootsie in a lovingly way. Um also there was definitely a period of time in middle school when I lived in the apartments. I lived in apartments um, and I was a bit of a loner. You know, me and Tootsie were kind of, that was my crew, uh, <laughs> me and my dog. And I would kind of maybe, you know, like put him in a rolly suitcase, but like let his head be out. You know, he was like, it was not, this was not a bad thing. This is not anything. He was not hurt. I know this <laughs> sounds bad. I would put him in the rolly suitcase and kind of like roll him around the complex a little bit. Now, why didn't I just put him on a leash? I don't know. Maybe I wanted to give him a break. I don't know. I, I don't know, guys, but I, I can ter- I can guarantee you that he had a good time. He was the cutest. God. Anyway, RIP to a legend. Thanks for the trip down memory lane to Emma. You guys can call and leave me a voice message by going to anchor.fm slash gray dash slash message. Is that just the longest thing I could ever tell you? God. Oh, eyes wide shut. I can't really get into the whole plot, guys. It is a very long movie, but I do want to dwell on a couple of things, of course that we just need to discuss. Frankly, they just need to discuss. The the first time that I'm alerted to like, oh, this seems like it's real. This doesn't even seem like they're being like fake is the first kind of fight that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise have. Um, let's preface this by saying Nicole Kidman has taken one hit of one joint and maybe had like a glass of champagne at um, a Christmas party. Yet she's appeared to have taken like 10 to 15 pills. That's that's what I'll say she's acting like. So I'm already confused about that. I was expecting to like hear that she had some p- pill problem, but we never got there. But she is going in and out of every emotion that any person could ever have. She's happy. She's sad. She's crying. She's like mad. I mean, I'm like worried about her. It's distractingly, I'm barely able to listen to what she is saying in the fight because she's so all over the place. And I'm like, wow, she seems really upset. We'll come back to that. You know, just just keep that in your mind. But that's the first time me and Josh were kind of like, whoa, I don't really remember this being so like real and like up and down. And I'm like, I kind of worried for her. Um. But, I mean, she's doing a good job. Like, I, I'm interested in the movie. Like, I'm like, where's this going? <laughs> um, but another part that I find very uh, unrealistic. Guys, the costume shop. The costume shop. Oh, okay. So he goes and by chance, 
this isn't even the person he thought was going to be there. And by chance, he gets to be let in. And by chance, they have a costume that is like literally, guess what, matching everybody else at the sex party. He is going. He's on his way to a sex party that he knows he needs a costume for. Stops by the closest shop that he can find. And it matches everybody's cloak and mask. I'm calling bullshit. Did all 300 people at this party stop by this little shop called Rainbow before going? I don't think so. That's nearly impossible. Also, I can't even touch on the fact that Lily Sobieski is a teen being sex trafficked in this shop. And he sees it. And instead of doing anything about that, he goes to the anonymous sex party that he doesn't know what it is. So already bad character. Um, that's just a crazy part, by the way. I hate that part. Um, what part I do love is when he gets found out at the party. So he's there and he's kind of, he ha- he's had his look around and guys, it's pretty tame. I'm sorry to break it to you, but like, it's pretty tame. It was taken down from NC-17 to R. So it's, it's, it's truly not that scandalous. Um, I hope that doesn't reflect badly on me to anyone, but boring orgy alert. <laughs> um, but anyway, he he's found out and he joins the circle again because everyone has raced back before him somehow. And they're like, surprise, bitch, take off your mask. We know you don't belong here. And he's like, all right. And he takes his mask off because like probably because he just thinks he's hot. He's like, yeah, one shot, see my face classic tom cruise but then they're like all right get naked and he's like i don't think so my theory is that he had on like heel like you know heels an issue under his cloak because tom cruise is classically deeply ashamed that he is five seven deeply ashamed yes i will do an episode on scientology that's just gonna take a long time of planning that's gonna be like a special episode but it's one of my favorite topics um anyway he he's i love that i love that he's like that's where i call it quits um first of all what are his where does he like stop and start like he leaves a child being sex trafficked to go to this party and then they're asking him to get naked one time he's like nope nope not worth it i'm like you took a 75 dollar cab ride here sir but anyway um i guess (laughs) There's only two more things I quickly want to discuss. This is a Christmas movie, by the way. There's Christmas lights in every scene, but they're the exact same Christmas lights. And I'm like, am I supposed to be noticing that? Or was the set just really strapped on lights? Um, but it is Christmas time. Christmas setting. And that's, I, I just like to know what when movies reference Christmas. Um, also, I mean, this this orgy, he, he didn't. He didn't have that good of a time. He didn't get to have sex with anybody. He watched a couple people, then got caught. And a woman fully warned him and was like, hey, you need to go. And then she ended up sacrificing her whole life, meaning that she died for him. And they were like, yeah, we're going to kill this woman. So if you come back, we're going to kill you too. And he comes back. Um, so I'm just, I'm just really, really unsure about Tom Cruise in this movie. Like, I think he was losing his mind in real life. Um, and I'm going to tell you why I think that, because we're going to discuss the behind the scenes of the making up next. Now, this little section I want to call more like eyes wide open. Am I right? Because I'm going to open your eyes as to why, what, what was going on here? What is going on behind the scenes of eyes wide shut? A lot, a lot. 
I read a Vanity Fair article about the making of this movie. Uh, seems like shit was crazy. Stanley Kubrick is, I mean, known to be very obsessy and perfectiony, but his his ways that he gets the actors to to the point that he wants them to is to basically break them down on purpose, which I think is a little crazy. Um, especially to do with a couple, but you know, maybe that was part of his fun. He fucked with this couple so much. He had secret, like special meetings where it was just Stanley Kubrick, Tom and Nicole in a room. And they had to talk about like their deepest fears of marriage and every secret they had. It was like Nicole, (laughs) Nicole basically said it was It was like therapy, but without anybody asking, like, how does that make you feel? Or are you okay? It was basically getting all the shit out that you don't want to hear and then leaving and going straight to work. And that is how basically Stanley Kubrick would like prep for the day. Um, Also, the two of them were not allowed to talk about each direction that they were given. So... Kubrick would tell one thing to Nicole and also tell her to not tell that thing to Tom and vice versa. What? All right, dude, you're, you're starting the fire now. I mean, their marriage did end two years later after filming this. Um, well, I guess technically four years after it started just because it took so long to film, but their marriage ended in 2002. And side note, if you guys have not, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you have, but if you have not seen the pictures of Nicole Kidman leaving the office after she signed her divorce papers from Tom Cruise, it's everything. I want it on a t-shirt. I'll, I'll put it in the um, Instagram slide for this week, but it's, it's the best pictures. Um, they were not meant to stay together. Um, they were, they were, So like I said, they were forced to not speak about the separate direction they were given by the director. But guys, each night they went home and slept. Guess where they were sleeping? In the apartment that this movie was filmed in. They were sleeping in the bed and living there and they got to pick out like the colors of the curtains and they were filming there all day in this high stressed, crazy movie and then just being a normal couple at night. I mean, that is just, that's hard. Um, let's see, what else did he do? Oh, he also, Stanley Kubrick, um, made Nicole Kidman shoot a six day long nude scene, which was only, only less than a minute of it wound up in the film. And he knew that that little was going in, but he made her film it for six days straight, banned Tom Cruise from the set saying, you are not allowed to come on. Also told Nicole, she was not allowed to discuss what Tom went on on the, during the filming of the sex scene. What? in the world like i don't like tom cruise because i know he is a psychotic scientologist but like that's kind of not fair um but anyway if you're wondering if either of them have spoken spoken out about the filming tom of course is like we love kubrick we love him uh this is the best decision of my life couldn't say no at first but then in the end he kind of was like well it was really hard but i couldn't say no um, but basically they were, but they were both like, how could you say no to filming with this man? But I'm like, I guess you could say no if you were like worried about or cared about your mental health, um, on any level, I guess that's how I could say no. <laughs> 
also got a man telling me what to do. There is nothing I enjoy less than a man telling me what to do. God. I mean, it would be really, really hard for me to have a job where a man had to tell me what to do. I'm so sorry to break that news. Um, But anyway, it was just a really, really stressful, chaotic, 400-day-long shooting for this for this pretty simple movie um but anyway i just thought that this vanity fair article is really eye-opening i will i don't know i'll try to include it in the instagram slide i'm not sure how to do that yet i'm still learning still learning but yes wow eyes wide shut baby exhausting but worth a rewatch is what i say Hey, Gray, what you been baking? Um, I did mention earlier, I did some baking this past weekend. Now, they do both revolve around brown butter because I am obsessed with brown butter. Um, I'm putting it in everything. I'm putting it in things that don't call for it. I don't care. I love it. The first thing I've been making over and over is brown butter walnut toffee banana bread. The only reason there's toffee in there is because I randomly had toffee for another ingredient. I was like, I'm never going to use this in anything. So I just tossed it in and like, guys, I'm doing it every, I'm making this recipe every time I make banana bread now. I, I think the toffee is kind of like, if you don't have it, don't not make it because you don't have it. But I might, I don't know. I could post the recipe. Someone on Twitter asked me for the recipe. So I wrote it out. Um, The new thing that is just blowing my mind about making banana bread is the addition of sour cream. I will say that the second time I made this, I didn't even have sour cream, so I threw Greek yogurt in there, and I might like the Greek yogurt even more. But there's something about having that extra dairy in there that really makes it that nice and dense banana bread that is my favorite kind of banana bread. I don't want a banana bread that's like fluffy. I'm like, no, this isn't a muffin. This ain't no muffin. I want a dense ass slice of that shit, okay? And this, oh, the, the un, oh, the butter. And I do dark brown sugar as well as white sugar. That was also like, I kind of made this recipe up based off of a few recipes. And also cinnamon. I always put a good amount of cinnamon in my baked goods, especially banana bread. So I've been eating that. I just ate the last piece this morning for breakfast and it was just truly scrumptious, if I do say. But guys, last night, I typically am a person that makes cookies every Sunday. It's Sunday. I don't have any sweets in the house because I'm like the kind of person that if I have sweets in my house, I'm going to eat all of them. So I don't don't get to have pre-made snacks from the store. I make my own shit. And I've been craving something that's not really a thing. I want basically – I want to make a chocolate chip cookie dough. And then I want to take part of that and add chocolate to it. And so it's kind of like marbled chocolate and vanilla chocolate chip cookie. That's what I want, but it doesn't really exist. And I didn't really have enough flour to do that because I was working with very limited flour. Um, So what I ended up doing was a brown butter. I took a recipe for a chocolate chip cookie and I just made it chocolatey and brown buttery. And guys, it's... One of the best cookies I've ever made. It is so addictive. Um, 
I guess I would call them brown butter double chocolate cookies. There are a little bit of walnut in there too. I love walnut right now, especially with dark chocolate. That's just a really good cut like flavor combo I'm loving. Um, I will post pictures of both of these things I've made because they were very good. And like when I have a really good baking streak, I feel really good about myself because sometimes I fuck everything up and I'm like, okay, I'm never baking again. But those two things revived me. And if anyone wants the recipe, I'll totally give them to you. So leave me a message on here and then I will leave you a DM. Ooh, I love them. Fave of the week time. All right, guys. So as I as I reflect on my week and as I'm racking my brain, searching my brain to figure out what is my fave of the week, I really do like it to be um, something that brought me joy this past week. I don't like it to be a thing I love in general. Um, I like it to be like, what is getting me through the week? And as I mentioned before, I was having, I'm kind of having like a bout of insomnia. So my videos I watch when I go to bed are very important to me um, because it's basically what, it's like entertainment for when I can't sleep. And right now I am obsessed with, I guess you'll call it like a series. There's different like seasons of this um, and it's called So Expensive and it's um, on the Business Insider, that's so random, um, YouTube channel. I'm not even subscribed to that channel. This was just like randomly suggested to me. It all started with one video. And it was called, Why is Lotus Silk So Expensive? And I'm like, first of all, not only do I not know what Lotus Silk is, but I don't know why it's so expensive. Please tell me, Business Insider. And let me tell you, they told me that and they told me much, much more. Um, I'm obsessed with textiles. I think that is the coolest thing to learn about. Um, In college, when I was studying art history, I took a textiles class. That was my favorite of all time. And I've always been interested in threads and garments and just like how it's made, whatever. And also this does have a how it's made vibe. And I think that's why I like it. Um, But basically I watched that video and I learned that like, oh my God, not only are there like only a handful of people that can even do this skill, it takes months to produce like one little scarf because they have to start from the bottom. They have to pick the lotus flower stems that everyone was discarding for like a lot of the world, like a lot of time, like all of time. (laughs) What is my grammar? Um, Traditionally, lotus stems were thrown away. But it was discovered that if you cut it open and then kind of twist it open, it creates this tiny thread. And so each stalk, you make one piece of lotus silk thread. And then it has to be made into like, you know, it's like this huge step. But anyway, that's what kicked this off. I was like, are you kidding me? What else is so expensive and why? Um, I watched one on... Ambergris, ambergris, which is like a secretion from a percentage of sperm whales that they use in fragrances. Like, what am I even saying right now? How is that real? How is that a fucking thing? How did someone just pick that up one day and is like, you know what? Let's use it in perfume. I know it was a secretion from a sperm whale, but let's put it on my body. What in the fuck? How? So these, these are just blowing my mind. And the best, the best part is that there are so many of them and they're all short. 
I can't watch a YouTube video over 10 minutes long. It's really hard for me. I have a really short attention span. Um, It is – I can't wait. Okay, why is foie gras so expensive? Why is Amtrak so expensive? They're all over the – they're all over the place. Why is caterpillar fungus so expensive? I'm sorry. Why are we collecting caterpillar fungus? Um, A really good one I watched was agarwood which is also like used for incense, like a scent. All the scent ones are very um, cool to me because I don't know anything about how people harvest scents. Well, guess what? Guess how I'm going to end on this. How do they harvest agarwood? It, it only occurs naturally if like, if there's like a molding mutation naturally occurring within the tree and then they like cut them down And then they have to have these men like carve, sit down and carve away the healthy parts of the wood. So by the way, this is very wasteful of a tree. And then have that all fall away. And then they want just to be left with the rotting core of this tree. That's agarwood. And that is how, that is what's set on fire to smell good. Like what in the fuck? Can I just take a walk around my neighborhood and find some substance that I can turn into a perfume and make money? Because like that's how, that's how business insider is making it seem. Um, but anyway, God, there's so many of them. And I feel like this is, I'm going to watch every single one. Like, oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, but anyway, that brought me great joy. That truly brought me joy. And that is for sure my fave of the week. Greg, you've always been my favorite child. 